Hi, so this is Nick, and Nick has Nick Harding's been um, mentoring Alice and I for almost five years now. We really love uh, tracking with him, and have learned loads. Uh, and a couple of times that we've been together, we've um, around a dinner table kind of had a conversation, which Nick's called a kind of gospel conversation. And I've been thinking about that at the moment since we're not allowed to sing and we're not allowed to worship as we often do as as Christians. And also for a kind of a home type setting. Um, been thinking about these kind of gospel conversations and whether that can be a way that we can naturally in our homes, households, other settings can worship with where singing isn't possible. And uh, the, the whole gospeling concept is a bit more than just worship. It's kind of got a, another couple of stages to it, which we can come on to another time. But for now, I just wanted to ask Nick to share with us a little bit about how you think we can we can kind of worship conversationally uh, as households. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. And uh, thanks for giving me the chance to be with you guys today. I'm really uh, chuffed and uh, loving the idea of having this conversation about gospel conversations. Uh, for me, being a Christian is about 24-7. It's being authentic. It's, it's having God involved in every part of my life. And I love to practice uh, what we're calling today gospel conversations, which lead to worship. Uh, worship is like the first step on that road. And as Chris has said, when we are so limited by other expressions of worship, it's great to realize what we can do. So for me, gospel conversations, they, they can be around the table over a meal. They can be over the washing up. They can be around a fire, chilling later in the evening, over a cup of coffee in a coffee shop. Um, you know, all sorts of places where we can actually engage in a, in a very real type of worship that doesn't involve singing. So if it's okay with you, Chris, let me just uh, start by reading a scripture. That's all right. It's always good to see how we're rooted in scripture. Um, and uh, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It's Romans 12, verse 1, which will be familiar to many of you. So a different translation helps freshen it up. Uh, Paul says this, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercies be? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. So we, it's clear that worship is, is all of life. It's not just this little thing that we do on a Sunday when the band strikes up. So what does that look like in everyday conversations? Uh, well, um, I think there's, I've got a a couple of very simple suggestions as to how you can get into this kind of way of having worship gospel conversations. I'll come to those in a minute, but it's really based on a, a simple idea, which is it's based on who is God and in the light of who God is, what is now true about us. And I, I want to come at this from two different angles, from top down and bottom up as a way of accessing these kind of conversations. If that's okay, Chris. Yeah. Um, so you can either, you know, you can structure these conversations by, you can be sitting around the table as a family or with a couple of friends, whatever the opportunity gives you and just say, Hey, come on guys, let's just have a moment where we just remember how amazing God is. And because in Genesis one, it says that, uh, first of all, God creates everything. And then it says he creates man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. So all of us bear something of the image of God on our lives, however much that's been 
broken by you know upbringing hurts disappointments etc and so we can either just remind ourselves who god is because we read about it in scripture we've experienced him or we can see his image in each other and these are the two different ways we can access these conversations so here's my first suggestion um either structure it or if you're used to these conversations you can be much more spontaneous about it you know over the washing hey i just thinking about isn't it amazing that god is so gracious that i i, I you know it, it just frees me from feeling i've got to prove anything to him or to anyone else for that matter and i'm so grateful for that that can be just a spontaneous comment over the washing up or it could come out of a conversation around the table so let's let's just all share for a moment what is it we so love about the nature and character of god and what does that say that is true for us as a result of that that we can enjoy and appreciate um so chris will be aware that uh, we often use the four g's as a way of reminding ourselves of some of the things that are true about god that we get to enjoy the benefits of um, and i won't dwell on them but just quickly god is great i don't need to be in control wow that's a big one god is good i don't need to look elsewhere for comfort or satisfaction and that's particularly true when we're stressed we tend to go elsewhere because we, we think God's not going to provide all that we need. Or God is gracious, the third one. And I don't need to prove myself to others or to God. I don't need to earn his approval. Number four, God's glorious. I don't need to fear anyone because he's the center of my world. And it's only his approval, his opinion, his, his delight, his pleasure that I want. Um, so... Perhaps, you know, you're, you're sitting around the table and you're having these conversations and one person says, yeah, you know what I really love about God? I just love the fact that he is, he's so patient. Um, and, and, you know, what that does for me is that because he's patient and I'm made in his image, I've got patience to draw on. It's in my nature to be patient, particularly in this season when so many things are frustrating. You know, that might be one person's response. Another one might say, yeah, I think I think the thing I most appreciate by God is just that he's kind uh, and he's, he's kind to us. It's in his nature to be kind. And if we're in, made in his image, then that encourages me that I can be kind too to other people, even when I feel like I'm perhaps at the end of my tether. Or another one might say, do you know what I love? I love the fact that God is strong. I love the fact that there's uh, there's strength that I can draw on when I'm feeling tired. Another one might say, yeah, but God has all authority. You know, he's, he's got all authority in heaven and on earth because it could be God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, any aspect of the nature of God. And that authority helps me to overcome temptation. It helps me to break through when I'm praying because I know that I've got that authority in prayer in the name of Jesus and so on. Another one might say, yeah, I, I love the fact that God is generous. I love the fact that he's always providing so that I, I can be generous to others, even when I've got very little myself, I can, I can be generous to other people. And I never need to fear being lacking. That's actually, that's one of my personal things, Chris, is one of my temptations is to fear lack. Mm -hmm. So for me, actually yeah. reminding myself of the generosity of God and choosing to live in that generosity towards others is tremendously helpful. Or, or finally, just, you know, I, I just love the fact that God's my dad. He's my father. I'm his child. And that releases me from all sorts of pressures and stresses. I'm secure in his love and protection. And so, you know, you can just go around the table 
over co coffee at a coffee shop, you know, to ask the question, what are you most grateful for? And in the light of that, what's now true about you that you can also enjoy because you're made in his image? And when we think about that, Chris, we often unpack it to say, okay, what's true about you in terms of authority? What authority have you been given? In terms of privilege, what kind of privileges do you now enjoy? And thirdly, what, what's true about your identity in the light of being made in God's image? So we can unpack these things in a way that releases worship and also a lot of personal encouragement. That, that's the kind of top-down approach, Chris. Does that make sense? Do you want to? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I think one, yeah. Thing, one of the things I was thinking as you were speaking was that it, a time when we sing in worship, like in a, in a normal old traditional church service, as it was, um, is... What I love about that, it's a bit like going up a mountain, I think, and kind of looking at a beautiful view, you know, in, in a sense, all of our lives are worship. But then when we step into that time of sort of song worship, we're kind of having a focus on, on God, which is a kind of a, a, a kind of another level of consciousness almost. I mean, that sounds a bit super spiritual, but but it's a but it's a and I, and I think we're kind of moving into another gear of recognizing who God is. And it's kind of a discipline, a kind of a practice which builds us up so that when we're back down off the mountain having come back from that view in the nuts and bolts of busyness and stuff you know we kind of carry god's presence more easily or consciousness of who he yeah. is and i think the way you describe that sort of conversation feels quite similar it's like we're mm. we're deliberately changing gear in the way that we're talking with other people other believers into that deliberate intentional appreciation of who god is who we are and that for me differentiates that sort of time of intentional worship and connection with God from obviously we worship God by the way we love the person that delivers a parcel to our door or you know whatever it is in, in normal life. I love that Chris and the key word you've used there is the word intention or intentionality uh, because you know we tend to default to quite trivial conversations and it takes a little bit of intention to have these kind of conversations but the thing about them is actually when we have those conversations because worship always leads to an appreciation for you know what god has done for us and who he is in our lives it's such a blessing to us to do that and so a little bit of intention leads to a great deal of blessing so let me encourage people who think it feels a little bit weird or stilted to start with but i love your metaphor of going up the mountain that's brilliant hmm. so the other flipping it the other way around chris um uh, in terms of bottom up is kind of starting with what we see in one another that reflects the image of God and starting from that point uh, of exploration. Um, you know, and I, I call this calling out the image of God in one another. So, in, in, so Chris, you know, I, I see in you, for example, someone with huge integrity. And I can say, you know, Chris, I, I love the fact that you have such integrity in your life, such an honesty and such a, you know, a complete straightforwardness. And I never have to second guess what you're thinking. You know, you're, I love your integrity. And, and you know what? That reminds me That reminds me of the nature and character of God because you're made in his image. Mm. And because of that, it reminds me that God is a God of integrity and he is utterly, utterly trustworthy. I never have to worry about whether God's going to be good to me or not because of his integrity. He is always going to be consistent in the way that he deals with me. So I'm calling it out of you. And it's, it's actually very encouraging to have someone call something like that out of you. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. Um, but it also leads to then an acknowledgement of who God is. He's a God of all integrity. He's a God of truthfulness. He's a God of utter consistency and trustworthiness. And, and we can say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you are like that. 
I, I love doing this with non-Christians as well. It's really good fun to do that. I was at a party with a, um, just, I love wandering around the parties and I'm not a particularly party person, but I love meeting new people. And if I, I look to see if there's something I can call out of the image of God. And I remember this girl uh, talking about how her, she was a junior primary school teacher and just the love she had for the kids. And I just, I said, do you know what? The love that you have for your children reminds me of something about God's nature, which is in you because you're made in God's. She's not a Christian at all because you're made in God's image. And your love for your children reminds me of the father's love for his children. That's each one of us, how much he loves us. You know, she really, you know, she was completely bowled over by this sort of outrageous comment. But, you know, I've never met someone, a non-Christian who I've done that with, who has not been blessed. Yeah. Always they feel chuffed. Another guy who I met at the end of one of our litter picks recently, um, he was telling me we were just starting to have a slightly spiritual conversation, and at the uh, as he was telling me that uh, you know he he'd the, the bravery he'd as a, someone in the military he had experienced. I just I was able to say, look, you know that kind of courage and bravery is something that reflects the image of God. He's a brave God. You know, God takes us on. He takes a risk with every single one of us. And he, he'll always protect us in situations. He was describing how he'd been rescued from different um, situations where, you know, bullets had shot right past him, but missed him. And uh, able to say, wow, you know, that, that's just so like God who protects us because he cares for us. But we can do it for one another. And it's great to do it with each other. It's a little bit less scary, perhaps, to do it with people who we know love Jesus. So last night, for example, we were out... Um, helping a friend move house they're buying their first house and we were like this little convoy of cars going backwards and forwards between their flat and the new house and one of the girls who's in our in our community our missional community had come and brought her car and halfway through the evening her name's Helen she brought this whole bunch of bottles of water because she thought we were all probably getting a bit tired and thirsty I would never have thought of doing that in a million years but that's because she's a real pastoral caring person now I didn't say this to her but what I could have said to her do you know what, Helen? That's so thoughtful of you. That's that's such a caring thing to do. And it reminds me, because you're made in his image, it reminds me of the caring nature of God, that you reflect God's care and compassion for each of us as his children. And Lord, I'm so grateful to you that you care for us and you know our needs. Or if, if Alice was in the room here, Chris, I'd, I'd say to her, Alice, do you know what? This Biblios thing that you've made is absolutely incredible. And it's so creative. Where did you come up with these ideas? How did you do it? It, it? it can only be because the creativity of God's in you. The creator God himself has placed creativity in you because you're made in his image. And I just want to thank you for using that creativity. But I want to thank Jesus. I want to thank God too, because he is such a creative God. There's no situation I can get into that he can't help me figure my way out of. There's no situation where I need to draw on creativity, where I can't find something of that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your creativity. Or, you know, I'm I'm in a group meeting and I notice that someone's just looking out for someone who's on the margins of the group or in a social context. And I see this person just wandering around on the edge of the group and they're, they're looking out for the one that nobody's talking to. And, you know, I'd say to them afterwards, uh, do you know what? I love the way you did that. I love the way you looked out for the, the one who was excluded on the margin isolated and it so reminds me of the nature of god that's in you the nature of god who reaches out to the marginalized he reaches out to the broken he loves those who are isolated and i just thank i thank you for demonstrating that and i thank you lord that you're a god like that because 
you will work through each of us to always reach those people. So we call it out of each other and it takes us back, it's bottom up, takes us up to the, the nature of God that's in us that we can begin to worship him for who he is. So those, that's what I mean by bottom up and top down, if that, that makes sense, Chris. Yeah, it does, yeah. And I kind of started out asking this question with thinking about worship in the homes as in like how we do kind of church service type things as households in our homes. But I think you've also broadened that to being um, uh, just people outside the church community, you know, and um, and how we can in a workplace. And, and we, we've got some good stories of this in the past that hope we talk about words of life and how you can how you can be someone who brings a culture to your workplace, which is um, positive and, 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 you know, a great person being a positive person to be around. It's very similar to what you're saying, really, about I mean, I think that's an, again, in, you know, in the kind of times that we're living in, that's particularly strong as well is isn't it rather if we if we can be people amongst our work colleagues whether that's on an online meeting or we're allowed to go into the office or whatever it is or in school school drop-offs or whatever the setting is bring it you know being people that carry that that um that different way of of of, of talking um and i think as well so so you know i i love the idea of looking to use this in this kind of way of being at, my my setting is obviously with, with young kids and stuff as well and I can I'm just thinking through, I can imagine it being a little bit awkward trying to get this going. Uh, there are times when these conversations happen almost a bit more spontaneously. Um, if we realize something good's happened and we're and we're and, and it's a kind of a often with with my my kids, if I'm trying to force something, there can be a bit of resistance or oh, what we're we doing now. So, you know, and th there is a bit of learning there, isn't there? And, and but I think that's you know, the encouragement I think is to is to press through and and into hey let's let's just let's just have a go at this as a, as a kind of a habit and that's a I think it's a skill as parents with, if, if it's with children in um in learning how to connect with the children where in a way that they'll that they'll relate to and, and so on have you got any, any comments on that any thoughts on that yeah I think that's a really good point Chris and with adults it, it it might feel a bit stilted to start with but the more you do it the more natural it becomes it mm. becomes part of the culture of the way we do church. We have these kind of worship slash gospel conversations with family. Um, obviously, it's a bit more. It's a bit trickier uh, because kids don't like anything that feels at all artificial. Um, I remember when we tried to have devotional times with our kids when they were very young. It was really hard work. You know, the, it just felt very stilted. But what these these conversations are really actually very easy with kids because I mean this is something we always tend to do with our kids on their birthdays. Uh, we'd have we'd because we'd all be around the table together and we'd say okay whoever's birthday it was tell us one thing that you really appreciate about your in my case it was your sister because we've got four girls what is it you appreciate about your sister whose birthday is today and everybody had to go around the table and just say one thing that they appreciated about them now they may not yet make the connection between why that reflects something of the image of god but it almost certainly will and you can start to draw off the back of that what is it you like about your brother or your sister um, let's have a really positive conversation. We've been, you know, we've been arguing all day as as siblings. Let's stop for a moment. Let's, uh, you know, over before we start our pudding or meal or whatever it is, let's think of one thing we like about each other. And as parents, you know, we can start to say, well, do you know what? That's really, I, I love that you you like the fact that, you know, Johnny shares his toys with you, you know, particularly when you're bored, you know, because that actually reflects something of Father God's nature that he loves to share with us good things you know so you can have very spontaneous conversations that flow out of the kids interacting with each other with just a little bit of prompting 
And uh, it doesn't take long before that feels natural and before the kids themselves cotton on quickly and would start to say, oh yeah, okay. So dad, does this mean that's something of God in them? You know, they, could, they, they start to get the idea pretty quickly. Uh, but with a little bit of prompting and just saying, what do you like about each other? You can get into that conversation really yeah. easily. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's a really good way to start, isn't it? Yeah, totally agree. Thanks, Nick. I feel like you've really, that's, I think we can um, come to a close there. That's, that, that feels really helpful. Um, and, and there are lots of good examples as well. You're giving of people, you know, family uh, in your community, in your missional community, in, in the neighborhood, parties, that sort of thing. So thanks so much. It's a pleasure. Love being with you and uh, look forward to part two. Yeah, great. That'll be good in the new year. Great. Thanks, Nick. God bless.